Welcome to the Pinch to Zoom podcast, the show where we zoom in on the latest tech news, products, and trends. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And in this episode, we're talking about the OnePlus 9 and OnePlus 9 Pro, as well as have we reached peak smartphone. And of course, we had the new Apple event. I'm in my turtleneck, Steve Jobs, and we are ready to talk about that Apple event, which just happened today, of course, right? Uh, So... Uh, Gabe, I got some. I got some news for you, my friend. What, dude? You're gonna have to take the turtleneck off. What? There was no. I, I wore this especially for today. March Apple event. Honoring Steve Jobs. You know the iPad. We're gonna have those new iPad Pros. So beautiful. Maybe Gabe. a new iPad Mini with a Gabe. micro LED screen. As much as you know, I'm a diehard Apple yeah. fanboy. That event is in April, my friend. Wait, what? It didn't. But it everyone didn't was happen. saying it was gonna happen March 23rd. John. John Prosser, the the leaker who brought that date, who put his eyebrows on the line, has actually now gone on his promise and shaved oh. his eyebrows off because he was wrong. I, I mean, uh, that brings me some joy, but I still feel so betrayed. Yeah, it's you I'm know, it's, ready to go. I'm, it's okay, Gabe. Maybe we I'm can here take at the in my mind. I'm I'm in the Apple on the Apple stage. Yep, there we go at the Apple campus, and I'm. You're and ready to go. It's just empty. The theater's empty. It is empty. Oh, that's probably because of the COVID protocols, but yeah. Oh, man. Maybe, this maybe is... you can take this energy and put it into quick news. I get, I, I'm going to have to try to pivot because I was full into this, but I guess uh, I'll just have to take this roll the intro for quick news. Quick news. And welcome to Quick News, where I talk about all the tech news I care about and Stetson just stares outside in the sun and photosynthesizes, I oh, guess. Oh, wow. Is, is this a new role? I can do that. Yeah. All right. Hopefully, you can handle that. First off, we have the new products that have been announced this past week. Uh, Sony has been on a roll with lenses. They first off had a trio of affordable compact primes. You had a 24mm f2.8, 40mm f2.5, and a 50mm f2.5. $600 each for these, and these are full-frame compatible with pre-orders starting March 24th. Going to be very popular among the A7 shooters, especially those on a budget. If you're not on a budget, we also had the expensive $2,000 G Master 20mm F... No, sorry, 50mm F1.2. Uh, this won't be available until May 13th, however, but, I mean, 50mm F1.2, that's just... That's incredible. $2,000... Not so incredible, but you can count that this is going to be picked up by a lot of pros out there. Next up, we had the Google Nest Hub 2. The Hub. Yeah, the Hub is back. They had the Hub Max for a while. That was their last refreshed one. This is now the refresh of the original Hub, and not much is really changed. The price is $99, available March 30th. Improvements include better audio with 50% more bass, or so they claim, as well as the new Soli chip, which is from the Hub Max. And allows you to do some gesture tracking. I think it's actually tra- from uh, Pixel 4. Well, Pixel 4 and also the Hub Max has okay. it for gesture tracking. So you can say, like, pause and do a pause gesture or, or next track and wave your hand in front. And with this one, they're also uh, enabling sleep tracking, which is a new feature with the new Nest Hub 2. I think they figure the Nest Hub Max is going to be more in your kitchen. Nest Hub 2, smaller, only 7-inch screen and stuff. You might put it by your bed like an alarm clock. And without the use of a camera, because it doesn't have a camera, it can actually track you sleeping and give you some stats and uh, incorporate itself with Google Fit, which will be kind of cool to see what it can actually do and if it's meaningful. Finally, the last new product we had was Samsung launching some new mid-range phones. 
Uh, these are the A52, A52 5G, and A72. These are very popular in India and Europe, but are actually gaining popularity in US. So you might be seeing them popping up on reviewers' channels and more news articles in the tech space. The 4G variants come with a 90 hertz screen and a 64 megapixel main camera, as well as an incredible claimed 48 hours of battery life. The 5G one adds 5G, of course, as well as 120 hertz refresh rate screen. No exact word on US pricing, though the rumors are around 370 for the A52, the A72 about $60 more or so, around 440 and then the A52 5G should just come around uh, $500 or so, which very impressive pricing. I mean, these are super competitive. These are going to compete well with the Pixel 4a 5G, I think, and be good budget options for a yeah. lot of people. And of course, we did have the OnePlus 9 event, but we'll talk about that later in the main episode. We had news. The FCC wants you to tell them about their ba uh, your bad internet, that is. This is really a great thing. I think that the FCC is relying now on the consumer instead of just the ISP to say, oh, yeah, this is how fast our internet is in all these locations. So if you have bad internet and have really, you know, just been yelling at a wall this whole past year on your video chats as it just lags, go to consumercomplaints.fcc.gov and click the button that says tell us your story and let the FCC know just how bad your internet sucks. Finally, we're rounding out this segment with rumors. Uh, we, of course, had the Mavic Air 2S rumors from DJI. Oh, I'm so excited. These were uh, spurred on or sparked by a filing. Uh, of course, DJI, you know, anytime any new product comes from a tech company, they have to kind of file with the FCC what, you know, labeling they are going to put on it for warnings and stuff. And so that popped up on someone's radar. I don't know whose, uh, that there was now the new Air 2S. They're getting rid of the Mavic name, and it possibly might have a new 64 megapixel sensor as well as some other small improvements. Based on the track record of when we see these FCC filings pop up in the past and how long till the release, I'm guessing it will be probably by the end of uh, April that we'll see a release, though, or maybe this could be the first we can make, considering that that's about when they released the original uh, Mavic Air 2. And finally, Nintendo Switch. We don't talk about gaming much here. We do not. We have guests on typically to to bring their expertise to the show. Oh, I can, we... I can. Okay, hey, uh, I'm oh, here to nope, talk game. about. No, turn it back, okay, turn, turn it back, back, back right. bring back. Well, game. anyways, uh, we're talking about Nintendo Switch rumors, and the, basically up till now, the previous rumors have pointed towards a seven-inch OLED screen. The new rumors are saying that that is still true, but for chip-wise on the processing side, they will use an NVIDIA chip with DLSS, which. I'm assuming most people don't know what that is. That's deep learning super sampling. Basically, it uses AI and neural networks to upsample games and you know whatever content it is to a 4K TV, and is really going to be helpful for the Nintendo Switch because right now it can barely handle like 720p or 1080p gaming that it does when it's plugged into the dock. So getting to 4K would be a far cry for Nintendo, who isn't known for their super fast processors or cutting edge specs. So that seems like definitely plausible and would be a great way to, you know, keep the cost low while also being able to play the games on a 4K TV. The other bit of news we got, you can be looking out for this around the 2021 holiday season. So if, you know, you're thinking maybe I should get a Nintendo Switch now or get a second one, why don't you wait off till the holiday season? It's a long time. Ask Santa for it. I would get it now. Just enjoy it. Or maybe get the Nintendo Switch Lite and then... Get the new one when it comes out in yeah. the holiday season. We've been we've been needing a new Switch. Yeah, yeah. Nintendo doesn't update them much, but uh, yeah, I wonder what do you think they're gonna call it? Gonna the Switch Pro. Switch Pro. You think they're gonna call Switch it? Switch Max. Switch Max. The Switch Pro Max. Switch Pro Max XL. It's getting too far. Yeah, the name the name is just like too long. It just 
ends the characters somewhere, uh, scrambles them all together. Who knows? But that is it for quick news. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, we'll be back at the desk next week. Yeah, Gabe, that was great. Thank you for the update there. I think you channeled your Apple presentation skills delightfully well into that yeah. overview. Uh, we had one. But no Apple news because I was just pissed. <laughs> they will not receive any. The news. emotions were running the hot. Apple, the Apple is rotten for me. Anyway, we had OnePlus uh, come on stage this morning, or I guess they Virtually. recorded it, and yeah. they hit the publish button this morning. Uh, and they announced OnePlus 9 and OnePlus 9 Pro officially. Uh, yeah, where do you want to start with these devices? Do you want to like... I, I start what everyone cares about, the price, right? Because OnePlus has been known as the flagship killer. And then they started creeping more and more into the, well, maybe we're just making flagships as well. And that's really what we've seen in the past, I think, two years, starting with the OnePlus 7, where the price has slowly increased, up, um, increased from like $600, you know, $500 to now like $700, $800, $900 last year you finally got. And what are we looking at this year for prices? We got basically two phones, right? Two phones. You're yeah. looking at OnePlus 9 and you're looking at OnePlus 9 Pro. So the regular 9, I'm seeing starting at 729 and the 9 Pro, you'll see a lot of reviewers saying it's starting at $969, which is true. I believe there is an 8 gig RAM, 128 gig storage model that does start at that price point. However, when I was checking the OnePlus website today to place pre-order, only the $1,070 variant was available for purchase. So... um I don't know, a kind of mixed bag for me there, but they're basically competing in dead-on flagship territory, right? OnePlus 9 geared to compete with the S21 and iPhone 12, and the 9 Pro squarely targeting the iPhone 12 Pro, possibly even the 12 Pro Max, and you're looking at S21 Ultra territory with that price tag. So those are the prices of the new devices. Uh, they're available for pre-order today and shipping end of March, so very, very soon. And yeah, I think the big headline feature here that we should talk about is the camera. Hasselblad camera. We're looking at the new flagship killer, the best camera on the market. This is going to blow everything else away because they put a brand name on it. Yep, Gabe absolutely nailed it. You know it, of they, course. They put... A Hasselblad logo on. That's it. You don't. I mean, that's actually that's all they did. It doesn't. Oh, really? Yeah. I, um. Basically. Yeah, that's basically. Um, they they this didn't is kind of awkward because usually actually. they're supposed they're supposed to like partner with them to like you know help develop the technology and like you know right the lenses and like. It's true. It's true. Let's let's quickly okay. recap what the Hasselblad One Plus partnership is. Well, for one, Hasselblad is a very popular camera company they've been around for over 180 years Whoa. they were the camera that was brought to the moon they made that dji has bought a majority stake in them i'm pretty sure and has put their camera on their uh, you mean DJI. their logo on no, their drones no 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 they, they actually they worked with hasselblad i think Sick. maybe not uh maybe i've just been sold a, oh my god my whole life's a lie <laughs> this is why you were so excited yeah. for this phone um no but they're they're basically like like the company leica hasselblad is another one i think they're both German companies maybe or some European companies I feel like and they're just very well known in the high-end camera space for making good quality lenses and cameras. Absolutely that's a great recap. OnePlus has actually been known in their smartphones to be lacking in the camera department. So this year they thought all right why don't we team up with Hasselblad? Why don't we tackle this issue head-on? Why don't we make the best camera possible? 
in a smartphone. They actually announced an initiative where they're investing $150 million into the color science and camera technology they're putting in their OnePlus phones. Wow. However, we did not see that today. What we saw no, today- they said they're investing it today. So yes, yes. It's not going to pay out for a while. Yeah. <laughs> That's how that works. What we saw today was, I would estimate, maybe a six to eight month partnership with Hasselblad and OnePlus, where Hasselblad was responsible for sort of co-developing the image processing and specifically the color processing of the camera sensors in the new OnePlus 9 and OnePlus 9 Pro phones. And the summary here is it's like a Samsung Galaxy phone with the saturation turned up a little bit. That's kind of like your basic summary. Other reviewers are saying that uh, skin tones are looking much nicer compared to the previous generation. Uh, some people are having some white balance issues. Overall, I would say the cameras are improvement over the OnePlus 8. But when you compare the phones in their price categories to the iPhone 12, the 12 Pro, even the Samsung Galaxy S21 lineup, it's clear they're falling short in a few areas and they're good. They're just not as good as we would have hoped with something with, as Gabe mentioned, that logo slapped on the back of the phone. That logo and that high price, you know. Yeah. I do think that there is definitely some promise to this partnership, but it does seem like what we're seeing now is just kind of a patch on the end. Uh, when it comes to cameras and stuff, the big thing to know about smartphones and about really cameras in general is, yeah, you can take hardware, put it in there, and then get some cool software and get, you know, a decent um, you know, a result in the end, right? But really the best result you're going to get is what Apple does and Google is doing as well is their, you know, the hardware they're putting in there is dictated by the people who are writing the software. So it's co-developed. Yeah. What Samsung does is they'll get the flashiest new sensor, plop it in there and then try to write code around that or plop the code on it from their so, um, camera, you know, and software like, developers. Well, I guess this is and, and it, it as works well. all right because <laughs> it's well, it's great tech, right? But from the software side, it just is lacking, and it, it doesn't pair well. Apple obviously all developed in house. You know, the software teams working with the hardware team, and it really just integrates well together. Even though the specs are lower than Samsung, now if uh, OnePlus can actually do what they're saying and you know work with Hasselblad to develop the tech that they're putting in there, you know, the specific sensors, lenses, and everything and pro uh, camera processor, as well as the software, that could be very promising and really follows that uh, Apple model versus the Samsung right. uh, sensor first module. That's uh, model. where we'll really see the difference. And that will be down the line. So they mentioned kind of at this event that, you know, this was really a sort of software tweaking by Hasselblad for those Hasselblad colors. That's what they emphasize the most. And in the future, we will see hopefully co-designed hardware for a really great experience. But for now, I think the camera's kind of scored a meh across the reviews I've seen. Uh, the specs are very impressive though. Yeah, what did we get for improvements otherwise on these phones? So the, the big improvements are with the ultra wide and the main camera. Ultra wide angle camera is now a 50 megapixel sensor. It is probably straight up the best and highest quality ultra wide angle camera we have on a smartphone but I want to emphasize this is the ultra wide angle that I believe fewer people are using. Most of the time you're using the regular wide angle. This is the main camera sensor. This got some improvements, but not as drastic as the ultra wide. It is a 48 megapixel sensor. 
Uh, and both of these, I believe, can shoot up to 8K 30 frames per second video or 4K 120 frames per second video, which is insane. But again, as reviewers have talked about, the bigger numbers don't necessarily mean higher quality. A lot of video quality really comes down to image processing, getting better dynamic range. And yeah, so I think they're cool. I think they're nice. The Pro model also has a 3.3x uh, telephoto camera, which is lacking on the regular OnePlus 9. Um, but, you know, the image results from that are less spectacular. It's physically a smaller camera on the back of the unit. And uh, yeah, I think OnePlus threw it on there more to have unless as one of their flagship features. Now, uh, interestingly, I was kind of comparing this to the previous generations and, you know, what we talked about. And I noticed, Gabe, last time when the OnePlus 8 came out, we actually recommended the OnePlus 7T over the OnePlus 8 because the OnePlus 8 essentially swapped yeah. a 12-megapixel telephoto camera for a 2-megapixel macro camera. And we were like, what is going on? So I think if OnePlus users are looking for a great budget option, I would slide in the OnePlus 7T there for decent camera array, decent specs, and currently probably an amazing price. Uh, but yeah, the, the Pro cameras, the new 9 and the 9 Pro, uh, that's kind of what you're looking at. I, yeah, I guess we saw some enhancements, but um, in the camera world, it's kind of the Hasselblad logo and some new Sony sensors, and I think we have to wait and see for this partnership to develop before we really start seeing OnePlus take the lead or even better match what we're seeing from Apple and Samsung. Yeah, it seems like they're really trying to now, since they are no longer the flagship killer, they're trying to find, all right, what's our identity going to be? And with the Hasselblad investment and this you know, goal going forward, possibly they are going to be known for their great cameras. But for the time being, they're still in this weird in-between realm where it's like there's phones that do a lot of the stuff that they are trying to do better and possibly even for a cheaper price, including it's, sometimes their older phones. Yeah, it's true. It's true. A couple other notes, you know, they hyped up the 50 megapixel ultra wide angle camera. Those file sizes are around 20 megabytes per photo if you're shooting at the full 50 megapixel resolution. So something to keep in mind that will eat up the non-expandable storage in these OnePlus 9 devices. So it could be worth upgrading to the 256 gig model if you're someone who really enjoys taking photos. Yeah. Also, some reviewers were talking about color, color balance shifts or white balance shifts between the ultra wide and the wide angle lenses. Something to keep in mind again. And uh, most notably, there was kind of this weird, I wouldn't call it shutter lag, but when you hit the shutter, the actual image that's captured and saved to the device occurs a couple, maybe a half a second after you press the shutter button. So if you're trying to capture a fast moving object or an event, uh, you want to make sure you're actually getting the moment. And this could cause some some issues for people capturing those live events. Uh, I wonder if this of. is just an early software bug. I'm right? hoping so. And that's yeah. what I'd like to think. But that's kind of what I have for, for camera performance. Yeah, the uh, other interesting, I don't know if you mentioned, is the charging, right? Oh, yeah. Let's let's go to other uh, design specs here. So let's talk battery charging. What are we looking at, Gabe? Well, I mean, the thing that I was like, I was going to say is I don't know if anyone other than maybe Samsung even comes close to them on charging or maybe Xiaomi possibly does. But because I guess they're yeah. owned by the same parent is company, Xiaomi? right? No. Oh, Appa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're right. But you're right. Either way, uh, the new it's not and it's not just the plugged in wired charging it's the wireless charging too i think what is the actual specs on this yep so one plus nine up to 15 watt wireless 
the OnePlus 9 Pro upgrades this to 50. That is 5-0 warp yeah, charge wireless crazy. charging. Absolutely and insane. And they both do 65 watt, I think, regular wireless That's charging. correct. That's correct. Either way, I'm seeing insane numbers across the board I mean, for even these. the, right, you said 25 watt for the regular 9? I think it's 15 watt. 15 watt? Yeah. That's I, still, I think, faster than Apple, isn't that? Or what is? I think so. Well, I know the, like, the MagSafe power yeah, brick, that's 18. I think that uses an 18 watt, or maybe it's actually using the new 20 watt power adapter. I don't know if it's charging at 20 watts. Yeah, I think yeah. it charges at, like, 15. It's, either way, this blows away Apple. I, I do kind of wonder if this will make Apple finally really double down on charging and maybe go USB-C or just go completely wireless charging with a design that's just off the charts incredible. We'll have to wait till the fall, obviously, to see that. But yeah, that was that was the one feature for me that stood out on paper, at least. Um, and just like in practicality, real, uh, real world use of being able to set down your phone and have it charge in 30 minutes, pretty much. That's Insane. incredible. Yeah, I think the, the wired fast charging is just nuts. I mean, that's charging faster than my iPad and as fast as some laptops with 65 watts. Yeah. What did you think of the display on both of these models? I mean, I thought uh, 100, wait, right, 120 hertz it has, but it's the variable refresh rate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're using, it's called an LTPO display, which stands for low temperature um, something, something. I lost it in my notes. But this allows the display, this was developed by Apple for their watch. Yeah. It allows the display to have a variable refresh rate to go down all the way as low as one hertz or one refresh rate per second, ideal for a watch. So you can have a second hand moving on a watch face. And the real benefit here is battery life. So hopefully this phone delivers not only smooth performance, but also excellent battery life. Although again, I have seen some reviewers saying that in the current software version, there are a few stutters and jitters here and there, uh, so hopefully OnePlus can fix that. And LTPO stands for Low Temperature Polycrystalline Oxide. So there you go. Now, interesting. Something you can add. Yeah. Uh, but both, yeah, both yeah. go up to 120 hertz, and uh, both look great. I know I actually really like OnePlus's screens for their color accuracy and what they're able to deliver there. All right. Now I think we've covered pretty much everything, right, from the phone. Yeah, that's pretty much yeah. everything so I have. Let's talk about the watch because oh, the watch man. was actually the thing that really most people actually seem more excited about, oddly. Yeah. Gabe, what is going on with the watch? First of all, who's even in the watch landscape? We have Apple, Google's doing something with Wear OS, and I guess like Fossil and a couple other companies are using that. And I think the real dominator on Android has been and, uh, Samsung's devices. So what is OnePlus bringing to the table here with their watch? You know, you're really good at asking the questions. I thought this was your time to take the, the you just driver's seat. You just got to pivot the question back on me. Okay. What? Well, the watch I thought was like, when I was watching, I was like, wow, Stetson will really appreciate the features in this, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know it. I mean, the big one here is the manufacturing. They're using hand-polished watch cases for these devices they look great. There's even a cobalt alloy that they're using for a more premium model to be announced soon. Well, I think soon. The, the biggest thing is the $159 yeah. starting oh, price. Oh, yeah. Well, I would say the biggest thing is the two-week battery life. Right, that's, Gabe? There's a lot have, of big things, yeah. You have been saying, like, oh, man, Apple Watch, and it's I'll an get actual, it. It's an actual smartwatch. It's not a, you know. Yeah, like they're not skimping out. smart band. So, it, I mean, the and the uh, they're also stressing 110 workout modes or more. Like they have had a video of people doing parkour and they're like, yeah, we have a parkour mode. I mean, I don't know how much 
Yeah, how they're studies. tweaking the algorithm. To, yeah, other than all right, like this is parkour versus running store like, or like some of the parkour groups online, but parkour is growing. So maybe, yeah, you're gonna be running around your local town, jumping from building to building, and you can track that workout. Or you, you know, swimming. Pretty much anything you can do, it can track. The other cool thing they kind of uh, was showing off was integration with OnePlus TV, which I didn't even know was a thing for. Starting it's not off. in the U.S. market, I don't okay. think. I think it's more so in India. And I have markets. to move to India or some other market. But exactly. if you live there, you can fall asleep and it will turn off your TV uh, when the after wa- 30 minutes. The watch will actually yeah. tell you're asleep and then turn the TV off. I thought this was both neat and weird because I don't think I would want to use a tiny 46 millimeter watch screen to control my TV sound and channels. Oh, gotcha. You know, like maybe some things, but uh, otherwise I thought the integration was great. This is probably, you know, right up there with Apple watch uh, in terms of integration of accepting and receiving calls, replying to text messages and notifications. And it does have, you know, breathing exercises, blood oxygen monitoring, stress monitoring, uh, and great display. And the only thing I mean is really that it, basically works the best with the OnePlus phones most likely and then uh, yeah, that, second best with any Android phone and then I'm actually unsure best. about that like because they're not using Android Wear OS they're using their own software does it even work with Android that's what I'm wondering oh Gabe. man yeah this, this, uh, that's, it might wow. be a OnePlus Yikes. exclusive I haven't seen that confirmed or denied anywhere something to keep in mind it's a big watch at 46 millimeters and kind of chunky in my opinion I mean it's beautiful and circular but Definitely going to be big on smaller wrists, uh, but Gabe, as you mentioned, that price one sixty nine, one fifty nine. Excuse me, one sixty. Yeah. I don't think you can beat it. I think uh, this is definitely a highlight, and we haven't seen reviews out yet for this watch. I'm really looking forward to see how people respond to this new product from yeah, OnePlus. It's coming uh, April fourteenth, so keep an eye out for that. But that was pretty much it from the OnePlus event. I mean, it a little bit of a letdown. I feel like. Uh, though it definitely sets yeah. a good outlook for the future on what the future of their phones could be, which, speaking of which, we're actually, that's our main topic for today, talking about the future of smartphones. Have we reached, quote-unquote, peak smartphone, and what is there left to innovate in the smartphone market? But before we get into that, let's take a quick ad break, uh, jump to our sponsor, or just a brief period of silence if we don't have a sponsor, and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back now talking about Peak Smartphone. Not No, this isn't a type of smartphone called the Peak Smartphone. We're talking about whether or not there are real innovations left in the smartphone market or that... You have know, we plateaued? Have we plateaued, and you should just hold on to your same iPhone 12 or whatever. No reason to upgrade. You're S21 good. S21 for set. the rest of your life and just keep... Buy, buy five of them right now and just keep them in your closet, and whenever that other one breaks, boom, you got a new one ready to go. Uh, yeah, I think this is a great question, and I don't know what what's your answer to it. You know, I think we should just start there. We're just gonna start with a yes or no, and yeah. then we're, well, then people are gonna stop listening. Obviously, we gotta tease it out to the end. Okay, I, I think we have kind of reached it for the time being. That would be my. Are you gonna take the devil's advocate side? And I'll go, no? say yes, but no. And okay, well, there's there's a bunch of reasons why. Well, that's not. Well, then I feel like I should say, no, we haven't. No, but yes? No, but yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'll say. Okay, okay. I think when it comes to smartphones, you're looking at, I would say, roughly five areas of performance. Display, cameras, battery life and charging, performance, and then design and physical hardware. Are there certain areas you feel like we've plateaued in and other areas you feel like we have room for advancement? What's your take there? 
I think definitely display, we've pretty much plateaued in. There's, I mean, they can try to add 120 hertz. Ooh, it's smoother. Ooh, but who cares, really? They can try to... They can't go any denser pixels, so yeah, there's not much they can add there. What was it, camera? I think they can always probably improve the camera, but with the constraints of what they have, we need a real jump in sensor technology and lens technology in order to get up to that. But really, cameras do... For the most people, they you know who needs 8K video for filming their kid? No one this really. This is this is true. So, it's going to be a huge file size, and um, we've what seen was, what was it? Camp, battery life. I, I think battery life could definitely improve. Um, what was the other ones? Performance. Performance. Obviously, that could improve. Really, you think so? I actually. I, maybe I th- we can go through a little. A few okay, of these. so let's. All right, so let's, let's start off at display. Yeah, rewind display. You, rewind. Take it back. You were like, hey, yes. display, kind of there. You know, we can add 120. I actually would argue display, until all phones have it, has room for improvement. I would say 90 hertz to 120 hertz is a sweet spot with a touch sample rate of around 240 hertz. But what is, my question is, it's not something worth upgrading to. Like once you have it, okay, cool. But it's not something to go, that's the whole reason I want to upgrade a phone, which is kind of what a lot of these phone makers have been doing. It's, you know, instead of just a side feature, it's a central feature. I see, I see. And I know, and, I, I, and the only like real thing that they're advertising is it's smoother. Oh cool. Yeah, I guess I I've never it, most people have you noticed I never noticed a problem with my current phone and you probably hadn't either until you used the 120 hertz. So how can they advertise that oh this is something you need when people don't know they need it until they have it? I my I guess my thesis here is it's not about whether or not you need the feature, it's about whether or not we've reached peak yet. And my argument is we haven't reached peak until all phones have it because I think it's inevitable. It feels so much faster and so much more well, responsive. Well, we did just have an A5200 under a $500 phone. A5200 5G come out with 120 hertz. Okay, I guess my bigger point is yeah. we haven't reached peak until the iPhone, iPhone gets it because I want it. This is really showing your bias, apparently, that we I, have, not every phone has it because the iPhone. And that is true, yes, but we can pretty much bet that... Well, and technically... These current phones, the iPhone 12 does actually have it, right? But they just don't have it enabled. I believe that's what we saw rumored, and the panels just didn't hit that success rate threshold, so they just turned it off on well, all of them. And it killed battery too much. And it too. also, yeah, killed yeah. battery. Good call. I would say, though, kind of on a similar vein, we you know, we could get improvements to OLED, LPTO on all devices, variable refresh rate, and soon potentially mini LED technology for some of the bigger, I guess this is really bleeding into tablets and laptops yeah, for that. Yeah, I, I mean, but I don't see a huge jump. Like it's not all huge. this feels like we've hit incremental impro- uh, like iteration and sure, it's not sure. actually revolutionary. The other things I thought of with this, maybe underneath the screen fingerprint readers, that's kind of more in hardware. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I guess I guess I agree. Once, so once design, my iPhone- we're, we're designed, we're at the edge looking on the flat plateau. Like we're just about to take that last couple of steps. Yeah, I think for, for the display, I agree. Okay. I just want my iPhone to get it, and then I'll be happy, and I'll I'll shut up about it. All right, so what was next? Uh, cameras. Cameras, okay. I thought this was the biggest area of improvement, and it seems to be the biggest focus that companies no pun intended. talk about during their presentations because literally there's nothing else to improve in the phones. I mean, okay, so then do we even need to talk about anything else? <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, well, yeah, we'll touch on it. I think it's interesting, but I think cameras... Biggest area for improvement. We saw OnePlus try and do something with their color science. We're seeing bigger and bigger sensors getting packed into smartphones. We're seeing optical image stabilization, different techniques for that. We're seeing zoom lenses. Gabe, what do you think about zoom lenses? 
what would be your ideal smartphone camera configuration? I want a 50x optical zoom built in. Okay. Yeah. You're just going to say that with a straight face and I think I don't know. Well, I think they really need something that is game changing. Like you didn't even, think the 100x but it looked zoom? like potato. <laughs> like the 10x zoom was usable cuz that was actually built in, right? I think 10x optical, right? Yes. Uh yes. No, confirm, I'll confirm. give you a yes on that. Okay. So, I just think that their cameras are the easiest to advertise as new features because everyone can look at an image and go, "Oh, that's way better when really it's just filmed better or a better subject or better lighting and you know everyone specs it's the easiest one to spec up and go 8k video you know 64 megapixels 108 megapixels or whatever you want to say but i i don't think that there's much room to improve on camera yeah i think you know low light i think they can improve uh stability they can improve color science there is a lot of room for improvement, but it's like not going up, it's going out, right? Making the cameras more versatile. Not There's no huge jump coming is what I'm basically saying. Like we've hit the peak, we're spreading out across that plateau on cameras. Sure, sure. I'll definitely say like within the last two years, smartphone cameras have gotten really good. And I would say they've replaced point and shoot cameras. Like pretty much no one has a point and shoot camera. They just all, everyone brings their phone with them. So to that degree, I think they've been a success. I still think, you know, I think Samsung's 30 times zoom on the S21 is great. It's the best zoom we have right now. I would love to see that implemented on more devices. And I think we'll always see improvements in image processing, uh, specifically in HDR. I think that's another big area. Apple introduced HDR for video. We're starting to see other companies do that in slightly different formats. So yeah, I think, I think that has great potential and, uh, great opportunity for growth, but to some degree, you're also right. Like we're still going to have a telephoto, a wide angle, and now an ultra wide angle. And it's really about refining those further and processing the images. The only, more. the only big improvement or quote unquote next step I could see that would really drive people to buy a smartphone is if they could add after focus, that would be the oh, thing that'd be sick. Like that's what we're waiting on. That's what I'm saying where we haven't reached, we've reached peak because the next big jumps are things like after focus or you know some some 360 thing where you can basically scan the whole environment and take your photos in post or i don't even know what else but like we need some huge jump in order to convince people that all right this is 100 percent necessary that i upgrade this year right basically now it seems like you can kind of wait three four years and as long as your phone's still working and running fine camera quality yeah might not be as great as the newest ones but you're not really going to notice a difference I, I think depends. Yeah, it depends where you're coming from. I would say I mean, the I have, iPhone I still 10, have iPhone 10 I, or 10S. 10S. That was pretty good. HDR on that started to get pretty good. The 11 and 11 Pro had really, really good image yeah, processing. But I mean, I, the 10S is still great. And I know plenty of people have 10 and still shoot with that. And it's fine. So, well, fine. F I don't know. I think we have different, like, should they upgrade? They don't need to upgrade. Have we plateaued? I think basically what I'm saying for, is room for growth. Basically what I'm saying is if you post it on Instagram or you post it on Facebook or whatever, people aren't going to go, oh gosh, what okay, was people, that? Like, right? Is someone going to notice a difference? That's, which was when you're in the first couple of years of, of smartphones coming out, right? You know, if you were posting a photo on the iPhone 3 and we were on the iPhone 6, people are going to go, dear God, did you take that on, you know, through the back of a... DSLR! You know, something, who knows what, like who people would just, easily tell that you're on an older device where now it's 
become a lot harder and only a real discerning eye can tell the difference. So I think it's, I mean, you've technically been arguing yes to no. I've supposed to be arguing no to yes, but I think I'm more, I guess I am no to yes. And yeah, I, I guess we we're arguing the right tracks, but I think we definitely hit cameras. It's That's where they are focusing, like saying, oh, this is the big improvements. I don't know why really, but I think it's just because it's the easiest to advertise and easiest to like put specs and make it. That's what people want. They want to be the YouTuber or shoot professional videos. I don't know anyone. Yeah, I guess it is. Most people use like it's as far as you had to rank smartphone uses. It's like it's social media. It's camera. Camera is like the number one feature. Then browsing social media, then maybe phone. Like they never talk about phone call quality pretty much ever. Phone call quality has not improved in ages. Oh, and guess what? It can also make. Phone calls. Oh, wait. It's like imagine one phone they got rid of the ability to call. <laughs> no one, and no one <laughs> no noticed. No one noticed until they <laughs> bought the phone. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about battery life and All charging. Right. I had this as we're waiting for a breakthrough, but I feel like given today's technology and what I know about the space, I feel like we're kind of at a plateau. Well, I don't know. Almost we could get a breakthrough soon because didn't Xiaomi announce that wireless charging up to like nine feet away? Okay. that No, that I'm not counting that. Why not? That's not that's that's external battery powered. Like you need a mini fridge sized device. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's currently, but five years from now, I think it's at least something on the horizon that we could possibly get. You know, Tesla even did that, you know, a hundred years ago he was experimenting with broadcasting energy over long distances. So I think that, if anything, maybe would impact wearables more, right? Because the ability to broadcast from uh, energy from your phone or from a central source to a small wearable that's like implanted in your pinky or in your ear is definitely a lot more useful than broadcasting to a phone which you can easily just set down on a charger wirelessly yeah, i think i mean but i think wireless charging and fast charging will revolutionize it and could eliminate the need to try to cram ever bigger batteries in there year after year i think we basically either need new battery tech where the batteries last way longer or we need one plus style charging implemented in more devices where we can just juice up way yeah, faster. I think it will probably be the latter as well as processors getting more efficient and maybe batteries becoming uh, better. Who yeah, knows? Actually, that's a pretty good segue into performance. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Oh, gosh. See, this one is hard because of the fact that performance relies on there being apps to take advantage of it, right? Like, it's kind of like uh, you know a faster engine, but if you don't have anywhere to drive the car with that faster engine, like if you're just in a little neighborhood, the faster engine's not really going to be helpful. You right? can go down the street like one millisecond faster. Yeah, cool. I can drive to the end of my driveway, but if you can't go outside of your driveway and get onto the roads and go onto the interstate and go onto a racetrack, that doesn't really matter. So faster yeah. processor really depends on, I think, right, if we start seeing some more gaming like Fortnite and Roblox and some and some of those, but some that actually really start pulling on your processing power and probably AR will be a big thing that needs that. that. AR, VR, and other stuff like that, as well as more live games or live streaming applications. So I, but it's a tough one, right? Am I I off on a branch here? You're, yeah, you basically are kind of echoing what I had. So for just like raw phone performance, opening and closing apps, sending emails, sending texts, making phone calls, I have 100% plateaued. I've been able to check my email and respond to emails at the same speed for the past four or five years. But the other branch you had, like I think the gains in performance are really being used for image processing from the camera 
for augmented reality experience and applications and for heavy intensive mobile games and things like that. So I'm kind of like phones are as fast as they're gonna get for doing day-to-day -day tasks, but there will always be room for growth when it comes to processing power for images, for games, um, and for other huge uh, data applications. I mean, I could see your phone uh, being used in a VR headset at some point when they reach that threshold of having the battery life and the processing power. Yeah, um, I mean, I know I definitely would appreciate the with the Insta360 uh, app trying to process their VR content into something, you know, whether it's a vertical video, horizontal video, time-lapse, I don't know, whatever. I definitely would appreciate some fast, faster uh, graphics processing because yeah, yeah. I'll many times just have to leave my phone sitting there for 10 so minutes while it's chewing through a file. It's thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, the other final note here is I had 5G um, and this will bring better speeds and coverage. Uh, but the truth is, I think most of the applications we use our phone for today is totally fine over LTE. And we need we need new ideas to really take advantage of 5G. I would say for the most part, I think we've plateaued in performance and I would recategorize the improvements in processor to the camera department. That's kind of where I see it. I kind of agree. I more see it as that we have we actually created a new category for phones, which is where there's the most growth, which is the use cases. And that's what will what will drive the need for improvement in the processing power, right? Sure, as sure. we see more AR games becoming more popular, as we see AR like apps that provide instructions, right? So you can pull it over your car and it will line up the diagram and show you how to change a light out or change a tire, all streamed over 5G right onto your phone, aligned in real time and everything. That's what's gonna require better processing, maybe new, new chips, new hardware in there. Uh, with different capabilities so okay yeah. lastly Last i one. had design design and hardware what do you think have we reached peak smartphone design that's interesting I man what do you how do you feel about your current smart like the range of different designs i guess is getting pretty similar we got the general shape of glass front with the screen you have cameras on the back which are a bunch of holes and then you have a camera on the front, which is either a notch or a punch hole, which is becoming more popular. And it's generally about six inches-ish uh, across, I mean, tall and what three inches across. First, basically a 16-9 aspect or, or wider ratio. Um, yeah, I mean, right? That's about... Yeah, I think you described, you described pretty much a all phone. of the latest phones we've seen. So what what could come our way in terms of design like do you need it thinner lighter bigger i mean that was foldable. the trend right to go as thin and light as possible well we've, well, we've seen that reverse in recent years yeah. so obviously we've reached a peak because we reached the peak and not only stopped we started actually going the other way we realized the peak wasn't worth it yeah so was that a bottom we actually bottomed out <laughs> and then even even look at screen resolution we went the other way because sam i mean we were yeah, kind of going back, back to display but Samsung went down a little bit so they could go better refresh rate. So my my take is a little bit surprising. So I think okay. the design has been somewhat stale, but I also think there is room for improvement. And my case to this is MagSafe in the new iPhone 12 line, right? Where all of a sudden Apple introduced a new feature into the design of the phone that hadn't been done before across, to my knowledge, any phone we've seen. Embedded magnets to use with specialized accessories, 
uh, and that creates new opportunities and use cases for the phone, like making it easier to stick it to your car while driving for directions. You could add a magnet to your fridge and just have it stuck to your fridge for directions while cooking, or uh, you can use it as a tripod mount. So I thought that was a really unique use case. And then we have kind of the folding phone concept, which I would kind of put in the design category where suddenly we're thinking of new form factors, new design ideas, a new way for us to, to get work done and to be able to fit a tablet-sized device in our pocket. So I think design to some degree has become super stale across flagship devices. On the other, the other side of this, I think there's tons of room for growth and to, to rethink opportunities with embedded magnets, compatible accessories, and other use cases uh, that we could apply to the design of the phone. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't have anything else. <laughs> that was pretty yeah, much that's design. kind of everything. I, I, design is also very, I feel like of all the things, it follows the trends a lot. Sure, I mean, yeah. cameras do too, because right, you get all, everyone, okay, now we're new, doing 8K. New Sony sensor came out, yeah, everyone's yeah, using it. Right? But I think design of anything is the most trendy. I mean, we've seen shiny backs come into trend all of a sudden. We've, you know, before that we saw a glass sandwich come back for a bit. It was matte. We had a little bit of a matte. Matte finish come back. The notch, obviously, when that was introduced, that was all of a sudden the trend. Now the hole punch in the top. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of what could improve my phone in terms of design. I think what... A lot of I guess you're. I think you're right. Definitely, the way it interacts with other stuff. So maybe this could be reverse wireless charging, or something like that, which is kind of in the battery department. Basically, so I could set it down, and someone else could set their phone on top of mine while I'm charging and charge through my phone, or I could set my AirPod case or headphone case or watch on it, charge that. That would be helpful. Maybe some better hardware, or no, sorry, we're in design, not hardware. But yeah, I think just how it interacts with the environment and that's, yeah, I don't really, design I don't see much for improvement, honestly, though. Yeah, I think it's kind of like the folding phone form factor is the new frontier and we haven't refined that yet. But in terms of just your classic smartphone, I, I think we're seeing different iterations of the same ideas. So it hasn't yeah, really Yeah, I mean, if you ask the average person, I think what they wanted improved in the phone, I think most would probably say camera, right? Probably camera and battery. Are my camera, number. probably battery, and then processing speed. Like I don't, I actually don't know if people, you don't think so. Yeah, I mean, maybe if they're like on an older device and they feel like it's got a lot of bloatware on it. Yeah, maybe. But I feel like phones when they come out and they're running that stock software, they're they've been consistently fast. I mean, everything when Apple the, Pro, when they come out. But I'm talking yeah. about two, three years down the road, you do start to see maybe I don't know some you know glitches, some slowing down, especially if you're. You don't you, you don't play any games on your phone. I do not actually so, removed all games. Yeah, from my so phones. you're not the necessarily. I'm not the the, best. the phone gamer, the target so, demographic. There's definitely I've noticed when I was playing uh you know Call of Duty or whatever on my iPhone 10s before I got my iPhone 12. There was definitely sometimes there was some glitches or would get too hot or stuff like that. So I think or maybe the other one would be um what if it's camera battery life and maybe storage I guess. Yes, yeah, offering I, a new storage want, option. Why did we get rid of expendable storage? We should bring that back. Do people care about waterproof and and that and dust resistance? I don't even know if most people know that their phone is waterproof until they drop it into the water and hope. They're just like, yeah, it's okay, or out. it's not okay. They're yeah. like, oh, it's gone, and they leave it there. So yeah, let's maybe circle back to the to the yeah, question: Have we reached peak smartphone? Reached, I I would say, yeah, we have. 
you're going yes. I think yeah. I I'm think a, I'm a hundred percent yeah. I think I tend to agree with you. Like the phones you can buy today are great. How long do you think they would last you? It really depends on the you know software and how well it's supported and stuff. But I think it's not a stretch to say a phone lasts you three years. Easily. I think three three easy. I would say four. Four, five, five. five. I mean, I still see, it. I still see people out there with an iPhone sevens uh, and eights. That that's all right. Follow up question: How far back could you go in terms of phones and get a device that you feel I, still meets your needs I will say, today? I almost wish I still had an iPhone. Well, I had the seven plus technically, but iPhone eight, I almost wish I had still because it had the Touch ID. Oh, we want it back so badly. Right? So maybe what what we'll see the the new phones will all have is bringing back the old features, right? We've already seen them start to get smaller like the old phones. So now we'll see them start incorporating Touch ID, see them start getting a little thicker, a little chunkier, stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll get a headphone jack come back. Get a headphone, yeah, really. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, so I, I think I agree with you. I mean, phones meet our needs as phones. I think we've hit a peak. There are definitely areas to improve the user experience and the design. I mean, even 5G is the other big one, obviously, that they're adding in this yeah, generation but it's not, of phones. It's not really, but it's not here. It's, it's not, not here, and it's not really, and it's like, not really doing the most anything different for people yet. It's like faster, less congested. It's, yeah, we basically, and a lot of tech follows this trend of you get the first you know, phones and you get revolutionary change, right? I mean, the first phone, obviously, or the first whatever it is, the first DSLR, or the first, you it know. It's huge. Like, w- smartwatch is going to be awesome, and or the first tablet. And then you get the second tablet, and that's, you know, another big improvement. Maybe the third iteration is big, but then there's just start to slow down from revolutionary to then iterative. Yeah, to more iterative updates where they're definitely improvements, and they're you know polishing it off a little more. But you, it's harder to notice just how you know it's it's, it's mostly yeah, like exactly the software that's changing. Like OnePlus, we didn't touch on it, but they changed the camera button from white to orange you know like yeah little things like that i see it as if you go from a you know if you're creating a statue out of a rock like you start with a rough rock you're chipping off edges and it's like with every little bit you chip off you can like i can see that you know the the bone that i'm carving out of this rock even clearer and then you go to like softer sandpaper and then even finer sandpaper and it's like slowly it's like it takes five hours of sanding to really see a big difference yeah it's getting smoother but it's not really that much better or it's like if you're progressively loading an image on a website, it starts yeah, off right. super chunky. Okay, pixelated. cool. I can see the general idea of what it is. And then, all right, a little more pixels. Okay, it's HD, 4K. All right, well, 8K now? Cool. I don't really care. Wait, wait did it change? Is it 16? Why yeah. is it still getting bigger? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great comparison. It's a very similar thing, too. And, yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. I really think the big thing in the future is going to be uh, driving smartphones. is going to be AR, VR wearables and what else maybe i think those three things for now and maybe the maybe decentralized internet and like um neighborhood or localized networks could be a big thing right the ability to message between devices play games with friends without even connecting on the internet uh payments of like blockchain you know bitcoin payments between phones without connecting to the internet those are going to be the big things in the future yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I still kind of believe cameras are probably the area I'd be most interested in following, and I think that'll be the biggest focus, but I think we're kind of in consensus here. Smartphones, they hit sort of this peak, and every change we get will be sort of an incremental improvement on something that, at this point, is already great. Yeah, I'm looking at my smartphone now. It's 
this is maybe the one I should have for the next four or five years. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, I also see I have a message here. Um, is this? Oh, oh is it's from you, Setson. Yeah, yeah. I just called earlier. Oh, today. why'd you? You can just. We literally live in the same apartment. Just. Well, I, I don't know. I wanted to test out the the audio quality. All right. Well, um, I'll play. Uh, this is Chuck Gabe's voicemail, brought to you by BestPhonePlans.net. I guess I'll. Uh, it's time to check my voicemail. Hey, Gabe, this is Stetson calling, of course, leaving you a classic voicemail again. Uh, this week's news brought to you by Best Phone Plans is that Dot Mobile, Canada's first ever MVNO or mobile virtual network operator, basically a cheaper prepaid carrier, they are now opening up their network for SIM card pre-orders so you can uh, start to potentially get their service sometime soon. This is huge news for Canadians and all of our Canadian friends out there because cell phone plans are expensive in Canada and Dot Mobile aims to change that. That's pretty much what I got for you this week. That's what's new. That's what's up. Um, and dude, you got to set up your voicemail, man. Like it's not set up properly. Either way, that's it. Take care. Bye. Wow, that's uh, very interesting. I don't know how many Canadian listeners we have. I checked Anchor. And it's not very many. Negative two. Negative they two. They actually moved to the United States. But that does, uh, that's good news no, to hear I, that there's yeah, some good, you know, they're so kind, they're so generous. It's good that there's some uh, something good happening it to was, them. It was a slow lowering their cell phone bills. Also, that is very funny that you mentioned my voicemail because mine actually isn't. I <laughs> know. It what actually isn't you. set I've up right. I've called you before. <laughs> Gabe, set that up. That's, that's real world uh, kind of leaking into this facade we create here at the end of the podcast. But that's pretty much it, I think, for this episode. Uh, no Apple n- announcement, yeah. sadly. Gabe's gonna rip off his turtleneck and yeah. go have a temper tantrum. I, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually fold it up nicely, neatly, and away for the rumored what April, April thirteenth event. I don't even or know. April, Just April. April. I don't know. April Air, 1st. AirPods aren't even coming now until Q3. Oh. So, uh, Wait, should I just buy them now? I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe after Who the knows? show. Yeah. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. Share this episode with a friend if you enjoy it. Follow us at Pinch to Zoom Pod on Twitter, at Pinch to Zoom Podcast on Instagram. I'm Stetson. I'm Steve Jobs Gabe. And we look forward to talking to you in the next episode. Are we doing an outro or are we not doing an outro? I mean, the podcast does have to end at a certain point. So that's the outro then? No. No, no, not doing this. <laughs> not doing that? We're done doing that? We're done doing that. We're done doing meta outros where okay. it's us talking about the outro. Okay. I was thinking we could talk about...